Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hello, fellow gamers. Welcome back to the Multiplayer Gaming Podcast. Today is a bonus round Monday, and we have decided to each get together and make our own individual top five lists for best gaming sequels. I am your host, Paul, and joining me, he's been pining for the sequel to Pong ever since he first played it on the day it came out in 1972. It's Josh. Okay, number one, I'm not that old. (laughs) Number two, Pong 2, the remake, is going to be legit, man, and I've heard it's coming really soon. Most anticipated game yeah, of all time. Of 2024, <laughs> maybe five. Depends. They're really delaying it because they want to make sure they nail it. 51 years <laughs> of putting those final touches to give you the best possible experience. <laughs> well, don't forget don't forget about the battle pass now where you get like five oh, different pong balls, you know? So Yeah, unlock the, the blue pong yeah. ball, the red pong ball. Yeah, excellent. All right, and joining me and Josh, he is still new to the show. I suppose, in a sense, you could call him the sequel to Michael. His name is Ryan, and I just want to know, Ryan, are you going to be a sequel like Terminator 2 or more like Speed 2? <laughs> Both <laughs> equally amazing. Oh, are you a Speed 2 fan? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Good. I was starting to question your judgment there for a second. All right, so before we break down our top five lists, I think some new reviews have been rolling in, right, Josh? We do. The reviews have been rolling in. And hey, if you haven't left the show a review yet, do me a favor. Take a second. It only takes a little bit to leave us a review. Helps the show out immensely. Good chance we'll read it on the show as well. Um, Like this one that comes in from Alpha Sloth 86 and it is titled, The Beatles Are Overrated. This podcast is great. And it says, Paul's face already is... <laughs> I was going to say, I, I didn't want to interrupt you, but I was like, I wish everyone yeah. could see Paul's face oh, right now. Oh, <laughs> man. Go ahead. Okay, go here ahead, we Josh. go. All right. And it says, for everyone that says the Beatles are the greatest band of all time, do you actually ever hear anyone listening to them? Are there really any memorable moments in movies that you can think of and be like, remember when that scene had the Beatles music montage? Nah, <laughs> doesn't happen. Some movies I had to Google to see if it has. Can't Buy Me Love, Love Actually parent trap bowling for columbine the rolling stones on the other hand some of the greatest movie montages some movies i can think of off the top of my head that have dropped the stones the departed apocalypse now knives out once upon a time in hollywood goodfellas and blow so if the beatles are so great why are they never chosen for the best scenes in the best movies (laughs) Anyway, the Beatles blow blow. The movie also has a great stones mic drop scene. I just remembered I'm terrible at names. So Paul Ringo, you guys are amazing. And John will be sorely missed. I will become a subscriber soon. Keep it up. P.S. My guitar gently weeps is about all the crappy songs they created. All right. No, we don't have time. Paul. We're just going to have to move on everybody. But thanks for the review. Alpha sloth. 86. Mm -hmm. All right, now listen up, Alpha. All right, (laughs) Alpha, I love you. (laughs) Thank you for leaving a review and considering Patreon, but you know I have to respond to this strongly, right? All right. Oh, goodness. All right, where do I even start? Do you ever hear anyone listening to the Beatles? Yes, Alpha. XM Radio has channel 18 devoted to the Beatles out of 151 channels. It's the lowest number to feature a single band. On Spotify, 
The Beatles are currently the number 44 most listened to artist. In the top 80, there's only three bands that are active prior to the 80s. That includes The Beatles, Queen, and Michael Jackson. Rolling Stones, by the way, number 148. You say there's no memorable moments for Beatles in movies. Uh, first of all, I don't think that is the standard for what makes for a good rock band or the greatest of all time. But do you not know how music licensing works for movies? You have to buy and pay for it. And the Beatles are in such high demand that they can charge an arm and a leg so you don't see it as often. Mad Men famously paid 250000 just to play Tomorrow Never Knows during the end credits of one episode. I mean, there are entire movies based on the music of the Beatles. I don't need montage scenes. I've got entire movies like Across the Universe, Yesterday, which just came out, what, like two years ago? Uh, you did mention Can't Buy Me Love. Yeah, that's a whole movie based on the title of a Beatles song. I mean, there are scenes that have great Beatles music in them, too. My favorite comedy of all time, Royal Tenenbaums, features Hey Jude. My probably favorite movie of the 2000s, The Social Network, also includes Beatles music. And I'm going to take a second here to talk a little bit about the Rolling Stones. All right. Um, the Rolling Stones, I, I will concede, great band, but you can't say the Beatles blow and the Rolling Stones are great. Josh, you're going to have to wake up and, and listen to this because oh, no. I'm, 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 I'm almost asleep. done. I fell asleep there. <laughs> All right. What, what was the Rolling Stones first hit? Anyone remember? Oh, is it I Want to Be Your Man, which was written by John Lennon and Paul McCartney? Did you know that the Rolling Stones were just a blues cover band? They only started writing music because of the Beatles. Did you know Keith Richards was, quote, <laughs> obsessed with the Beatles? Also, go on YouTube. Go do a search for the Beatles uh, uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame introduction. You know who does it? Mick Jagger. Guess what Mick Jagger does? Goes up there and thanks the Beatles over and over. Says, we wouldn't exist without you. Thank you for influencing us to write our own music. Thanks for paving the way for success outside of the UK to open up the lanes for bands like the Rolling Stones. I mean, this is completely crazy. Last thing I'll say, Keith Richards said, and I quote, without the Beatles, the Stones would never have been there. And I'm done. All right. <laughs> not not going to have to defend the Beatles anymore. They defend themselves. But there you go. Hey, That's my piece. Hey, Ryan, let's let's take a vote. Do you agree with Paul or Alpha Sloth 86? I I agree with Alpha Sloth. I agree 86. with Alpha Sloth eighty six too. Yeah. <laughs> Josh has done such a good job getting everybody so on this train, but I no, I will, it's, it's twelve people. I will, it's not that many. <laughs> I will personally ask everybody to get off the train so I don't have to listen to Paul rant like that ever again. <laughs> yeah, good. <laughs> I'm, I'm all for it. I will oh. say I am I am impressed that those facts were just lined up. You were ready to rock. So I yeah, feel like yeah. I feel like you get this often, and maybe it's because it's true. Paul has formulated a, <laughs> an official defense. To anyway, if you guys want to trigger Paul just like we do, just come over to our Discord server, <laughs> just pop in there, talk about why the Beatles aren't that great, and Paul will absolutely show up. Oh, I will. <laughs> <laughs> I will. If you ping me and say anything about the Beatles, good yeah, or bad, I'll show ready. up and I'll, and I'll comment. Be ready. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So. Uh, one last thing I, I did think would be fun before we jump into our top five sequels of all time. There's a little bit of a game that I thought we Ooh. could play. Now, Josh, you surprised me and Ryan with a game on our latest Squadcast, which, by the way, if anyone doesn't know, most of the the support for our show comes through Patreon. If you want to sign up, it starts at five bucks a month. It's at MultiplayerSquad.com. And you get two bonus episodes a month if you sign up over there. In our last episode, Josh at the last second said, hey, I've got a little bit of a game for you guys. And uh, Ryan got completely annihilated. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, technically Ryan won. Spoiler though. alert. Uh, sure. Yeah. He, he won Ryan, in the same what way. what did I Rolling eat Stones for dinner last Beatles. night? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now it's my turn. Uh -oh. uh, I thought since we're doing a top five list, there's a little bit of a fun game we can play with top fives. I want to call this the blind top five. What this is, is I have a list of five games. They're all sequels, so it's related to our topic. I am going to read these games one at a time, and you guys have to rank them in your top five before you know what the rest of the games will be. Oh. So you are locking in your answers in the top five, oh. going in blind. Without knowing what the other ones are? You will oh, not know what the other ones are. You're going to get these it. one at a time. I love it. <laughs> 
All right. And then I will post on Discord. Oh, no. That these, that these are your top five lists. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So, so here we go. The first one I have here is Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Five. Your list of top five. Where you five. Josh, you're putting it five? Five. What about you, Ryan? Four. Next game coming up, Destiny 2. Oh, dang it. No. No. <laughs> uh. He's just going to get worse and worse. Oh, man. Ryan likes Destiny. Ryan likes Destiny. I do. I, I Destiny 2 is a good game. whole mountain of Destiny. I'm going to put Destiny 2 at uh, 3. I'm going to say 3. Okay. I got to give myself some wiggle room above and below <laughs> here. So, Okay. I like it. Next one is Diablo 3. Oh, I thought you were going to say Diablo 2. Dang it. Um, <laughs> nope. Diablo 3. Ryan, you can do 1, 2, or 5. Josh, you can do 1, 2, or 4. I'm going to say five. five uh, I'm going to say four yeah. and really hope that there's two good games in this okay. list. <laughs> Paul, All right. Next on the list is Fallout 4. Okay. Ooh. Two. I'll say two. Uh, oh, dang yeah. it. I, do I want my one to be forced? Paul's going to have something like some Pokemon game or something. I see him smiling. Look at <laughs> I know. I know. I'm, I, going, I know. Actually, I'm going one with Fallout 4 because I had a lot of fun with that game. I'm going to say right, number I'll, one, I'll, Fallout 4. I'll say two. Two. I'm gonna I'm gonna roll the Two dice here. Josh. Paul's grinning already. I regret this. Go. I regret this already. <laughs> Can you read that? No! Ah! <laughs> no! What's the last one? Oh, Battlefield 2042. Battlefield. Dang it! No, Josh's favorite game. Oh my! You I heard it, it here first, people. <sighs> Josh has Battlefield 2042 over Fallout 4, Destiny 2, Diablo 3, and Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Hey, for hype level, that's Bold true. List. It was true. <laughs> Until the game came out. Nice. All right. So Josh has got 2042, Fallout 4, Destiny 2, Diablo 3, and Star Wars Jedi Survivor. You could almost like reverse that list. I feel like it's more accurate. (laughs) Pretty close. (laughs) Ryan's got Fallout 4, Battlefield, Destiny 2, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, Diablo 3. I thought you guys were going to put Diablo 3 higher. I mean, it was okay. It was good. It wasn't Diablo yeah. two, but yeah, you know. yeah, it wasn't anything fancy. But it was also the not knowing what else was. I was gonna coming the, up. The, Diablo know, three is where I started bet. playing yeah. the game and going like, uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it's about time we start the actual meat and potatoes of this show, guys. So basically, this is an idea that we've been kicking around a really long time. It's been suggested in Discord many times. Somehow we have covered games without sequels. We've covered bad sequels. And this time around, we're finally going to talk about good sequels. Although I will say here at the top, I do not know anything about Ryan's list, but I do know that Josh and I were saying, you know, we're, we're always trying to avoid talking about Mass Effect, The Witcher, Elder Scrolls, <laughs> GTA. It would be so easy just every single one of these top five to just keep talking about those games. So Josh and I tried to be maybe a, a little bit more outside the box thinking. Uh, I think for our list, it might almost be more in line with like Forgotten Gem sequels or something like that. Uh, but in any case, we're just here to celebrate good sequels. That's what it comes down to. I'm really excited about it. I can't wait to hear what things you guys picked. Let's all just start. Did you guys? Put them in order from five to one, or do you just have like a in in any random order? I, I went just kind of any order. I didn't want to try to give myself that hard of a task to say this is the best off-brand sequel of <laughs> you know that kind of thing. And and it's like sure. And, and you know, Paul said it, but I just want to reiterate it. We are not saying that these games are the best sequels of all time. There is a reason that we are not talking about Red Dead Redemption Two, Witcher Three, you know. Uh, portal to these sorts of things. Because listen, if you've been listening for a long time, you're probably tired of hearing about those. Everybody knows those games are generational, you know, and don't get me, they're fun to talk about, but it's like, we're trying to, to kind of broaden that for, for a little bit. So if you are a new listener, don't think we're crazy. It's just, you know, we've covered those games enough that it's like, we don't want to rehash that content. And so I know for myself, I try to think of sequels that really stood out to me that maybe aren't like these are well known for sure but i don't think they'd be one of the first five or six games that would come in come to mind when somebody said hey what's one of the best sequels out there and so i think that's kind of the angle i took but they are not in numerical order by any means I love how we say that, and now Ryan's list is going to be Red Dead know, 2, right? Portal 2. <laughs> like, the best list, guys. <laughs> Can we put it to a vote? <laughs> vote for the champion. All right, so 
Yeah. So who wants the honors? Who wants to go first? Not it. Nose goes. All right. I'll go. I'll All go right, first. Josh? I don't mind. I'll jump in here. I got to try to. Um, all right, I'll just I'll jump in with this one cuz this may be on one of y'all's list, but Borderlands 2. Okay. Border Ooh. I had a feeling this would come I, up. you know, I I we have played all of the Borderlands, not every DLC that comes out cuz let's be honest, they they definitely push out a lot of DLC. Um but Borderlands 2 to me is the height of the Borderlands series. You know, Borderlands came out and it was new and it was fresh and it's this looter shooter, you know, it, it, it's just that it was really, really good. But Borderlands 2 was the game that perfected what they were trying to do, in my opinion. They nailed the characters, they nailed the humor, they nailed the worlds, they expanded on the guns and the, the gun play. And the, I think, wasn't the claim to fame for Borderlands 2 like that they had over like a million weapon combinations or something like that? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Probably even more than Some, that. Yeah, yeah, something crazy. Yeah, it was nuts. I mean, it's really far out there. I remember playing Borderlands 2 through a couple times, actually, because the replay value was there. Because once you finish the game, and you can just keep playing and you keep getting even more fans fantastical weapons and stuff like that it was great with friends um and then you know borderlands 3 comes around and we're all excited and what happens we play borderlands 3 paul you were there for about three hours <laughs> yeah it's fine <laughs> and it's then good. paul bailed on but us <laughs> just said, yeah, see this is not borderlands it's, 2 <laughs> borderlands 2 is almost too good because it's hard to play the other entries when you've got Handsome Jack, one of the best villains of all time, the gunplay is immaculate. I love Borderlands 2. It's by far my favorite in the series. Uh, even comparing things like Tiny Tina's Wonderlands and everything else. I mean, out of all the Gearbox stuff, I think Borderlands 2 is just their absolute apex. I agree. And, you know, we've we've played Tiny Tina's. We've played Borderlands 3. And they just don't capture what Borderlands 2 did. Totally agree. Nice. You're a Borderlands fan, right, Ryan? Yeah. No, no, I thoroughly enjoyed them. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It was, I, I would say, yeah, additionally, best best in the series, for sure. Yeah, I think the only downside to Borderlands 2 is that uh, it didn't have Ain't No Rest for the Wicked by Cage that the was Elephant. A good that was in the first yes. Borderlands. Yeah. <laughs> That's my only criticism. It was just cool. Second. I love the classes. I love the skill trees. I, I mean, they really just, it, it had everything, man. And I don't know how you can't recreate that. I mean, I get it's tough, right? But it's like, uh, there, there's just, there was a magic about it that we have not seen since. And even though the, the formula is there, Borderlands 3 and Tiny Tina's and some of the DLC, it just hasn't been the same. So when I think about really good, just top tier sequels, what's a game where they just absolutely nailed it the second time around? Borderlands 2 is just right at the front of my mind. All right. Moving on to you, Ryan. What you got coming in here? Uh well, I'm gonna this is this is my only one out of out of the the triple <laughs> A peak mega the band list. The band list. <laughs> I'm gonna do it because it uh so basically I'm going with The Witcher 3. Good um it, I'm so it, glad. It, and the reason that I am going with it is because I, I like I said, uh I think it was in the squad cast though, but I, I train a lot of martial arts, so I was helping a buddy get ready for a fight. And it was the day before Thanksgiving in like 2015, 16, something like that. And snap, my ACL goes pop. Mm. I'm I'm on I'm out of commission. You know, I, I'm sitting there for a while, you know, trying to recover, trying to rehab other ways. Didn't work. So I gotta get ACL surgery, clean tear completely in half. I go and I get my surgery. I can't I can't get up and walk. I can't move. I can't do anything other than my, you know, standard rehab from the doctor for for a few weeks. What am I going to do with my time? Lo and behold, Witcher 3 is, is waiting right there for me. <laughs> so I ended up setting up uh, a a whole kind of gaming area on the couch. So I was nice and comfortable and just like a a melted potato in in, in the couch and and I just played Witcher 3 for Oh gosh, I was playing like ten hours a day because what else was I gonna do? I'd get up and hobble over with my crutches to to go to the bathroom and and get some water or whatever else, and then uh, then come back and just grind it out. I played so much. Um, what, what was the what was the card game in there? Is it Gwent? Gwent. Or, or? Oh, Gwent. Yeah, yeah, I played so so much of that dang game at like two in the morning because I just you know I couldn't sleep. I'd have an inflammation or whatever, and I'd be up just playing that for hours in the middle of the night. 
and, and I, I wouldn't get bored of it. And then, you know, running around, switching through the swords. I, I loved that game so much. It, it uh, definitely got me through, uh, through the rehab for sure. <laughs> Well, you know, Josh and I love that game. We both yeah. have it in our top 10 of all time. So oh, yeah. it's definitely an all-timer. The funny thing is I tried playing The Witcher 1 and 2 oh. before I played 3. Uh-huh. And I could not get into either one at all. And The Witcher 3 is just such a jump in quality and storytelling. I love it. I will say, after I played 3, I did enjoy going back and watching all the cutscenes from 2 without like a full... 60 hour playthrough or whatever uh-huh. so i appreciated it more but man the witcher 3 just hits in a way with the combat and the gameplay that the first two just don't get there i what a game to be able to just sit and play for hours a day too because you start to live like in that world man and it is one of the oh, most yeah. finely crafted worlds in a video game man between the nilf guardians and like the war going on you you get the fantastical cities you get the just downtrodden area. Like you feel it, man. And that's, it's hard to quantify to somebody that's never played it. The other thing is that game is beautiful. And that game, it came out oh, yeah. when 2015? 2015. 2015. Yeah. Dude, yeah. boot it up today. You still opening. It's just like, dude, this game looks so good, man. So that's a, yeah, what a perfect opportunity to just dive into one of the best games ever made, in my opinion. Yep. Yeah. Great, great pick. Gotta love it. All right, so looking here at my top five, I will say that my list skews a little bit older. Uh, I think this is the old, yeah, this is the oldest one on my list, so I'm going to knock this one out first. I'm going to say SimCity 2000. That's a good Ooh. game, man. That's, I played a lot of SimCity 2000. <laughs> okay, man. did you? Yeah. I wasn't yeah. sure. I felt like there was a 50-50 chance where you absolutely loved it, or you just never played it and didn't care. Yeah, <laughs> I no, figured I it'd be one or the other. Lot, man. So for me, there's been a lot of city builders, and uh, including in the Sim SimCity series. But I think that 2000 is just the pinnacle of city builders. I think it's my all-time favorite simulation game. I like it more than The Sims. I like it more than uh, any modern simulation game. I think SimCity 2000 did it best. It came out back in '93. And I did not play it right away because our computer could not run it. Um, I've, I've mentioned this on the show before, but the day that my dad bought a CD-ROM and a sound card, we bought them both on the same day, and I think our CD-ROM is what came with SimCity 2000 for free. And I just remember plugging that in, and I played, I, I kid you not, probably like 8,000 hours of SimCity 2000 in my teenage years. Like, I just played so much. I had played the first one at my school because we actually had the OG SimCity. I don't know if you guys ever played that one, but it's like, just to give you a little bit of an idea of what changed between the first and the second, they came out four years apart from each other. But this was when technology was in such a boom that four years was like, it may as well have been 50 years of Mm -hmm. technological advancement. So the first one has a bird's eye direct overhead view, which is very goofy. Your little menu on the left side of what you can build only has like eight buttons. It's very rudimentary, very simplistic. When they moved into SimCity 2000, they used an isometric view. They added mountains and hills. They added underground stuff. So where you had to run your water pipes and you could run a subway underground, all that got added in 2000. They added tons of new buildings, things like prisons, schools, libraries, museums, and hospitals. And one of my favorite things is as time goes on, every once in a while, you'd get the newspaper and you'd be able to like read the articles oh, and you yeah. know crime and all time high in in the name of your city and you could actually like learn things about your city and you would learn about new technology like oh fusion power plants are coming out this year and then you could like get rid of some of your old power plants and have like this new fusion power plant so i don't know i i absolutely love it and weirdly it was strangely educational. I feel like I really did learn a lot about taxes and policies and crime rates. 
and all of those kinds of things because of SimCity 2000. So for me, I, it's very nostalgic, but that has a very special place for me. I played that game a lot, and it was such an upgrade over SimCity because I played a lot of SimCity as well. But when you built a neighborhood or a commercial area or something like that in the original SimCity, it was just a like a colored rectangle. There was yeah. no real three-dimensional anything in that. And so when SimCity 2000 came out, and you actually, like you said, you've got this kind of three-dimensional view, and you're building neighborhoods and commercial areas and stuff like that, you felt like you were actually seeing a city like like born and evolve. And you're right, man. The, you had to put thought into it. You had to have electricity. And if you didn't have a police station nearby, you know, like your crime rate would be really high. So I love that strategic aspect of how you would approach building these things. I remember like building roads and like nobody wanted to live in the neighborhood that had the highway going through it. Yeah. So then I'm like, or oh, next well, to industrial. Right, yeah. So then I'm like, oh, man, <laughs> yeah. I, I guess I got to have neighborhoods, you know, and stuff like that. But yeah, what a fun game. And you guys know, I don't really like Sim games that much, but SimCity 2000 was probably one of my most played Sim games. And at the time I absolutely loved it. Did you ever play SimCity 2000, Ryan? Yes, I did. And actually, I was thinking about it. Um, I don't I don't remember what episode we talked about it on, but with Timmy, our cousin, yeah. uh, he, I remember sitting and watching him play that, and he was like a mad scientist. The grids he would set yeah. up and watching the pipes and going this and that, you know, all the way through. Um, yeah, that's how I learned to build the cities on that game. But I, I, I you know, I'm sure I didn't play it as much as you guys. I was a little, little younger, but I definitely... I definitely enjoyed it. And you'd always go, you know, you'd go to the neighborhood kid's house that had a dad that actually had computers or a mom, you know, whatever the, his parent, their parents had computers and they'd have that game and you could sit and you, you and your, you and your buddy could sit and play some city and just build some crazy city and see how, how much growth you can do. But yeah, no, I, I, that's a, that's a good pick for me. Uh, last thing I'll say about SimCity, PC Gamer UK named it the best PC game of all time in 94. And they said it was near perfect in conception and execution. So that's like that big of a leap going into that sequel. Yeah. All right. Well, we're about halfway through this episode. So we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back with more multiplayer gaming podcast. If you're an athlete, you know, the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, we are now back. Coming to you, Josh. What's the next game you want to bring up? Uh, this one's easy for me. This I, I'm actually I, I will wind up playing this game again, which is rare for me. But Doom Eternal, Doom, oh, the yeah. Doom series. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, beloved, well known, classic. You can, uh, so many different adjectives you can use about Doom. But I'll tell you what, man. For somebody that's played every every Doom game except for the really weird offshoot ones, Doom Eternal is perfection. When it comes to a fast-paced, gorgeous, optimized, exciting, chaotic, difficult shooter, man. I, I can't honestly, I can't think of like a game that just hits every check mark that a game like that should. The soundtrack, the graphics, the 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 gunplay, the variety of weapons, the variety of enemies, the frustration of some of them, the challenge. I, I mean, I could just go on and on and on. But if you've played Doom Eternal, you know how good that game really is. And I feel like all of the previous Dooms were kind of working up to what Doom Eternal was, man. It, it's, it's honestly almost a flawless game if you like that kind of game. If you think of like high quality gunplay, is Doom Eternal the first thing you think Honestly, of? Honestly, I feel like you bring it up a it lot. It really is. I mean, if you haven't played it, play it. You can pick it up dirt cheap now too. Um, but that it's just fun, man. 
the like they added stuff like movements the dashes grapple hooks so like not only is it perfect gunplay and a variety of things you've got this awesome progression you wind up getting movement skills that you have to know how to use to survive in that game as well man it's just absolutely peak like sequel in my opinion Heck yeah! Well, when you when you play it again, let me know because I don't I don't think I've played that one. So I'd oh, be down really? to get in with you. Yeah. Oh man, it's the, it, what's funny is you can't play co op, but they had a PvP mode where one person could be all the demons. Like you could actually select the demon that you wanted to be, and you would oh, fight against the Slayer. It sounded really <laughs> neat. I played some of it. It's not as good in in actual practice or or you know oh, gameplay, yeah. but man, Doom Eternal's phenomenal. I'll tell you what, you're building that new. PC Ryan and Doom oh, Eternal yeah. is a beautiful, just perfect implementation of like ray tracing and 4K and HDR and all that stuff, man. So if you want some eye candy, maybe we'll uh, we'll hook you up with it. Oh, there we go. Yeah, whatever <laughs> I can get to to put this bad boy to yeah. work. <laughs> Paul, did you ever? You never played Doom Eternal either, have you? No, I've always been hit or miss with the series where i'll check back in every few entries i played the 2016 one but that's the last one that i played so good so one of these days i'll get around to it for sure yeah all right ryan what's next on your list well for me um i'm sure in the few episodes i've been here people have learned that i'm a big fan of metal gear solid so (laughs) i am gonna actually go with metal gear solid 2 okay um, as as my uh third pick that's my third pick right yeah um so second. Second. I, second. second yeah second two second. two okay. and two yeah two and two there we go <laughs> that, yeah that's why i did the second um i i would say uh call back to the beginning when paul mentioned terminator 2 i would say this is the terminator 2 of sequels uh it's the, way up there the first one was just it was the first one was so good uh well the the metal gear solid was so good but two came out and this is hideo kojima he he you know all the games that he has made he's just got such this vision and in the way he does it and and the the different things that he does within the games that just make them so unique and i just felt like it was so ahead of its time um all, all the differences and I, and I know i'd mentioned before how even you know the graphics back then you know you look at it now and you're like whoa but <laughs> back then i remember looking at it thinking this is just the best thing i've ever seen i i played that game through more times than I can count, but that one, that one for me is, uh, is top tier. Definitely. It really was ahead of its time in a million ways. And it's not just the technology, but even some of the themes and the stuff that it gets into about like political conspiracy theories and existentialism, it, it grasps at a lot of high stuff. And I feel like some people weren't crazy about that with uh, Death Stranding because it leaned more into that with Death Stranding. But Metal Gear Solid 2 for me had that perfect mix of storytelling and plot along with the stealth slash action gameplay. Yeah. It's it's like a flawless game. I have no criticisms of MGS 2. Oh, but yeah. Metal Gear Solid 3 Remake just announced a couple days prior to this recording and i gotta say they don't show a whole lot but i am definitely intrigued and listening to you two gush over metal metal gear solid has me very sad that i missed this whole series somehow (laughs) you've missed out for sure oh yeah yeah no it's definitely not only just the the quality of the game because i mean like uh just metal gear solid 2 i think it's a 96 on uh metacritic um so it's you know it's up there and then the other one snake eater three is is just just equally as amazing and they always what kojima always does is he always got the you know has these just crazy villains that are just so outlandish and wild and you're just like what and they're kind of weird and you're kind of like i don't know about this guy (laughs) but then you're also like he's kind of cool you know and like vamp and in that and just all these a lot yeah (laughs) ocelot you know and and uh cycle mantis there's just throughout the whole series there's all these crazy guys but i will say speaking of uh the remake I hope they bring back now that Kojima's out of the mix. I hope they bring back uh, David Hayter for the voice of Snake. Here, I thought you were going to say, "I hope they bring back Quiet." <laughs> oh, that would I would uh, equally be as uh, appreciative of that. Now, <laughs> what's funny is I know nothing about this series, but I know who Quiet is. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> I I love that they were willing to get really weird with villains and protagonists where it's like yeah she breathes through her skin so 
She's got to dress a little more scantily clad in order to breathe properly. It's like, yeah, okay. We, we all know what you're doing there. Hey, breathing's important, Paul. Yeah, it sure is. All right. Moving on to my next pick here. I've got Super Mario 64. Yes. Oh, that was on mine. Was it? Okay. Yeah. For me, it's kind of funny because my favorite Mario games are actually Mario 3 on NES and Super Mario World on Super Nintendo. But Mario 64 so beautifully ushered in the 3D age of gaming. I had to choose this for the best sequel. You know, when we went from 2D side-scrolling platformers into 3D, there's a reason why a lot of those games fell off. There's a reason why you did not see as many Prince of Persia successful games or Sonic um, or others. A lot of them just fell by the wayside, but Mario kept going strong because they just know what gamers like and what they want. And being able to step into 3D Mario and have the game play so well and so creatively, it really was just top notch. I mean, I have to give them all the credit in the world. I loved the way they handled boss fights. I love being able to, you know, grab by the tail, swing around and throw off the map, you know, things like that. You didn't have opportunity in 2D. So having that in 3D was just so neat. The camera was revolutionary at the time. I didn't even really know until reading the Wikipedia page on this, but they actually said that Mario created, which is still used today, the mechanic where the camera dynamically turns and accelerates based on your actions. So the whole idea of you turning and the camera automatically swings around and follows, that was invented by Mario. There, There were other 3D games before, but they didn't use mechanics like that. So I had to pick it here. Just to read one quote, because I know we'll have to move on pretty quick. PC Magazine said that Super Mario 64 is the first truly realized 3D platformer with the integration of camera control into its core gameplay, which is the medium's true evolutionary leap. So they understood what 3D gaming could do. They understood the Mario IP. And what a great sequel there. That game was magical, dude. Honestly, I, yeah. I still remember playing it. The different levels, the secrets that you could find. Like you said, it was Mario in 3D, you know, yeah. and it was done yeah. so well. This wasn't like we tried and we kind of sort of nailed it. Like this game was everything that you would expect a 3D Mario game to be. I remember playing this a lot with my wife and it was just there was always something that was catching us off guard or a secret. What's that painting? And then you jump into it and it's like, wait, this is a whole new world. Like what's (laughs) happening, you know, or you'd get into a world and then there would be all these cool little different mini games within the world. The time trials, racing penguins, you know, hit that penguin way over there with a snowball. Uh, I mean, it was just insane how much they did with, with that game, man. And the game knew if you cheated, So if you shot yourself to the top of the mountain with the cannon, they'd say, well, that doesn't count in the race against Koopa Troopa. You you can't just shoot yourself with the cannon, go back and try again. And I always thought that was really clever. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, and when when this came out, I mean, I had played some of the other, the Marios, but this came out in 96, so I was eight years old. So at eight, going from those to this you know i didn't play them for very long but going going into this i played a ton of this game and it you just get so sucked into that world and you're looking at you know those other 2d scrollers like you were saying and you get to come to this and it's just a whole different atmosphere and and you get to to dive into it you get to go through the 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 pictures do do all that stuff yeah it was it was awesome it's 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 almost like you can't go back like it was such a revolutionary leap forward that you're kind of like, I don't want to go back to 2D Mario. Like, I just want more of these. And I mean, they ran with it. Look at, you know, Super yeah. Mario Sunshine, oh, yeah. Odyssey. I mean, thankfully, they realized what they had. But that game changed gaming, <laughs> like, in a oh, lot yeah. of ways. And it had the triple jump. Yes. Which everyone loves. Yeah. All the sounds. <laughs> Yahoo! Yeah. <laughs> Woohoo! <Wee! laughs> all right. Moving on to you, Josh. What you got oh, as your back third? back to me, huh? Um, dude, StarCraft Two. Oh, I, I nice. mean, let's be honest here. I'm not an RTS guy. I really have never been an RTS guy. I played Warcraft. I think I played Warcraft 2 and 3. I, I don't remember if I played the initial Warcraft or not. But, you know, StarCraft came around. Oh, everybody loves space. You know, okay, fine. But StarCraft 2, again, it to me, is one of those where they took a great idea and they realized that they had something going 
And they just perfected it in so many ways with the sequel at that point. I played the heck. I mean, uh, what, you know, they broke it up into like three different parts, right? Like StarCraft II, yeah. there was a, what was it? Heart of the Swarm, Wings of Liberty, and something else. I can't remember because it's been a long time now. But I, I just remember being blown away at all of the different aspects of StarCraft II. The story, the characters, the gameplay, the graphics. I mean, you know... You're, we, this was a time when we were upping, really making advances in like processing power and stuff like that. And to see like a Zerg horde on your screen with legitimately like 400 things going on at once was, was like, so scary. It was bananas, <laughs> you know? And, and so there was just so much about StarCraft 2. I still remember to this day, you know, you've got your levels where you have to build your base and you, you collect your resources, but then they had the levels where you just got this little squad. Right, you had to make it work. And you had yeah. to make it work, and maybe you'd find a couple guys trapped in a room, you know, if you went the right direction and stuff. But I just remember they did so many different things with that game. That on top of a really good story, man, Rainer and Kerrigan and what was going on with all that stuff was just really interesting. They fleshed it out. I just it, again one of those where when I think about it, I just go. They nailed it. They absolutely nailed a sequel to this game. They improved on just about everything without trying too much in like ruining it, which we see with a lot of sequels. There, it's like dude, you tried a little too hard. Like bring it, bring it back, bring it back just a little. And StarCraft Two <laughs> just absolutely phenomenal to me. That's that. I mean, because that's the way to do it when you when you have something like you said, a good idea, and and all the bones are there. You have a good premise, and and it all just needs to kind of be fine tuned. Put a little cool tweaks into it, fix it up a little bit, dress it up, and and then you're going to have something amazing. And that's that's exactly what they did. Yeah. I think when a lot of people remember RTS games, they just think about the PvP. I think they forget that there actually were really robust campaigns yeah. associated with Command & Conquer and Warcraft and StarCraft. Dude, finding and the like Protoss... That. You know, where yeah. it was like, whoa, dude, this technology's bananas, you know? And then it was like, uh, yeah, there was just proton so many Proton cannons everywhere, yeah. baby. Oh, yeah, the carriers, <laughs> oh, gosh, man, the with the little proton swarm ships oh, and yeah. stuff. I, oh. I, I still, too, all the all the little, you know, audible sounds that they would make, you know, all those zealots For and stuff. Or, yeah. <laughs> Honor, guide me. Yeah. Sting thy bean. <laughs> uh, I love StarCraft, yeah. What, what a great series. And two was phenomenal. All right, Ryan, moving on to you. What's your third? Uh, so I don't. You guys didn't mention this specifically, so I don't know if it's on the ban list. But I'm gonna <laughs> go uh, with with just the transition from the first to the second, and also what the the engine and, and what it did to gaming. I'm gonna go with Half Life Two. Oh, Ooh. it's actually um, on my list, yeah. so I don't think that okay. one's banned just because it's getting to the older point. Revolutionary yeah. game, but yeah, that's a great pick. Yeah, I know we're picking a lot from from back then, but. Uh, that yeah, to, to me that because like I said, I I was so into the first Half Life, I would sit and I would try to build maps and I would go everything. So when Half Life Two was coming out, I remember watching just just the uh, little trailers they would have just of how the engines performing and seeing the water ripples and and gosh, I mean obviously now the stuff makes it look like kids play, but back then it was something completely different. You know, Gordon Freeman before looked like a big old rectangle. <laughs> you know, cruising around, uh, but it, it was just, it was such a fun game and you, you just got into it and, and you, you see the, you know, you see the bad guys come in and you're like, oh, okay. You can hear their mics, you know, through their helmets and, and, and all smart, that. smart yeah. AI. Yeah. yeah, it was exactly. like the first game where you'd chuck a grenade. They'd actually like run yeah. and rush you and, and stuff like that. And you didn't see that in games before. Oh no. Yeah. It was, it was definitely one that made a huge impact on my, I guess you would say gaming life as a child. And uh, something that I thought was just such a huge transition from the first one to the second one. And then it impacted so much in gaming. I almost put Half-Life Alex on my list, oh, even oh, though yeah. I know Half-Life 2 is the better game. But for my money, not a single game even holds a candle to Half-Life Alex on VR. I still think it is so head and shoulders above everything else. It's one of the all-time best games i think full stop and it's definitely the best vr game uh almost put it on my list yeah i i have half-life 2 on my list and i you know it's one of those things where it was such a leap forward they tried a so many things and they succeeded honestly on all of them the physics in half-life 2 
were unheard of. Like that was the thing that like really helped set that game apart was just like, wait, this world behaves like, like it should, you know, like you, 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 you know, something's on top of a box and you break the boxes and it would fall. Um, the other thing was, you know, here's a first person shooter that was not, I mean, you know, the mechanics were good, but the story, like they, you know, they were telling the story not through cutscenes, which a lot of the older games used to have to do, right? Like, hey, we need to, we need to have this story. So let's ex, you know, an exposition dump kind of thing where we have a cutscene and we tell you everything. Half-Life 2 told the story through the actual gameplay and the characters yeah. you would come across. And, you know, and it, it was just, it was a, to this day is a masterpiece. It's just, it sucks in a way because, I know it's so old at this point that a lot of people won't understand like why and what they did. But again, that was one of those games that absolutely revolutionized gaming. It's just too bad we'll never get Half-Life 3. I know. Yeah. What? Did somebody say Half-Life 3? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, I was going to say uh, the um, just just any game that makes you want to stay in an area because you're having so much fun doing what you're doing there. When I, you know, you got to, what was it? Ra- Ravenswood. I forget the the area where you meet the, the priest or whatever. And you get the gravity gun and you're yeah. shooting saw blades and you're just ripping them into the walls and through, through the, you know, the, the, the guys and everything. It, I, I hung out there for as long as I could just enjoying that area. Cause it was so much fun and it was something that I'd never done before. So yeah, any any game that can get you to do that throughout the playthrough, it's it's gonna you know it's gonna make a big impact. I mean, the other yeah, thing like was Tears like of the Kingdom. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the other thing was like, they had the driving segments. I remember like the first time in Half Life Two, hopping into like the little dune buggy thing, and I'm like, wait, am I really gonna get to drive <laughs> this car? And then yeah. next thing you know, you're driving and it handled like the way you would expect, and you're like, this is bananas. Like, and how did they that- put this in here? Gatling gun thing on top too. You can yeah. shoot around. Yeah, no, that was. Oh, and you got a helicopter chasing you. Yeah, yeah. You bring. I'm gonna. I'm, I just actually replayed <laughs> it maybe within the last year. I may have to do it again. <laughs> oh, I love it. All right, going here to my next pick. Continuing the RTS trend. I thought it was funny you had an RTS here, Josh, because I do too. Command and Conquer Red Alert. Yes. Never played it, man. Missed out on that one too. What? I know. I know. Yeah, Josh didn't play Command and Conquer, so. Here's the thing. Command and Conquer was such a big success along with Warcraft that you started getting hundreds of RTSs flooding the market. There were so many. And this is before StarCraft. StarCraft, I think, was 98. So this is still several years before. But Command and Conquer came out in 95. And then Red Alert came out in 96. I can't believe it's only one year later. But Red Alert is technically a prequel to Command and Conquer. It goes back in time, alternate history. You've got the Allied forces against the Soviets, and you get to like replay history. And hopping into Red Alert, the reason why I loved it so much is that every other RTS at the time, basically in order to keep uh, parity and fairness in PvP, both sides always had the same units. It might just be like a different color or a different name, but they operated the same. Command and Conquer went the complete other way. They said the Allied forces have their strengths and weaknesses, and so do the Soviets. And we're going to build that into the gameplay, which is in part what made it so much fun. This is why you have things like StarCraft having Protoss, Terran, and Zerg, because that didn't exist before Command and Conquer. And I love how they handled it in Red Alert. The Allied forces had better medics, so your units lasted longer. Their tanks were not as strong, but they were faster and cheaper to make. But then the Soviets, they uh, owned the air, They but they had like a really bad navy. And so it was really interesting where you could play to the strengths and weaknesses of either side. I remember doing dial-up 1v1 with my buddy Kyle like every <laughs> single night, because this is before you could play you know, online with a ton of people. You had to do direct dial in. But the fact that you got such a great sequel only one year after the first just really blew my mind. Uh, GameSpot said that Red Alert belongs in the same category as Civilization Two and Quake, games that followed legendary predecessors and immediately eclipsed them. So Red Alert is my third pick here. All right, moving on. Josh, what you got here? You guys are making me sad, man. Metal Gear Solid, <laughs> Command and Conquer, all these games that I just somehow missed. You know? 
Um, I mean, not to sound like the old man episode, you know, or this nostalgia episode, <laughs> but dude, <laughs> I, I gotta, I gotta talk about Star Wars Tie Fighter, man. <laughs> okay. You know, and I know people are gonna be like, "What Star Wars? What?" And it's like, but th- you talk about again; these are sequels that absolutely perfected what the games before them were. And Star Wars X Wing, you know, was a phenomenal space combat simulator. It was janky. You know, Tie Fighter comes along, and first of all, I can't think of a game that allowed you to be the bad guys prior to like tie fighter coming out it's the you first know, time like, i remember being the villains yeah yeah I, I mean maybe there's a game that that was but i can't remember at this point so i remember thinking like wait a minute i get to be the bad guys in this game <laughs> all right and Are yeah we the like honestly like i yeah <laughs> it was just such an upgrade. I, I mean, I don't want to beat this one because I, I know there's only a handful of people that are going to be like fist pumping with me on this one. But it it improved everything. It, it had one of the first 3D rendering engines. So all of a sudden, graphics took this big leap forward because it wasn't just triangles. It was smooth, curved triangles, um, things like that. Um, it actually played into the mission briefings a lot more. So you actually cared about why you were doing what you were doing. Um, you know, it, it, you, you had, you got to fight big capital ships, star bases. Like you go out on this mission, you're like, wait, am I really going to fight this Mon Calamari cruiser? You know, sure you are. got to be all these different, <laughs> um, you know, different TIE fighters that you'd never had before. Um, it was just, it was so good, man. It was great. And having those 360 degree space games, whether it was descent or, TIE Fighter or even like I almost put X-Wing versus TIE Fighter on my list because yeah. I played that a lot more than TIE Fighter. Yeah. Wing but, Commander was back in the day. Freelancer like that. Re- that genre really started to blow up because was people were trying to capitalize on that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, what, what a great pick. I loved TIE Fighter. Played it a ton. Got it. Yeah. Had, to, had to use those joysticks for something, right? I <laughs> bought a joystick for that, man. I remember thinking I was the coolest thing around, man. I had my joystick. And I was like, yeah. You know, I was two like, button I'm, a, I'm a TIE Fighter pilot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving on to you, Ryan. What you got? Uh, for me, I guess we're going to keep the trend of uh, older games. Um, <laughs> I am going to go with one. Uh, 98 on on metascore meta or metacritic Whoa. for the metascore uh, is this ocarina of time oh, God. i was going to say it's me. got it no <laughs> no as a 90s kid it's going to obviously be tony hawk's pro skater 2 oh, oh yes dude yeah. i played that game so much uh, how man. could you not it was it was you know obviously how 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 fa- uh, famous and uh, amazing the first one was and they come back soundtrack i was reading something on reddit the other day is like what what games have the best soundtracks and like tony Tony hawk Hawk. came up a million times on there and then just it was i mean it was the same level over and over but you just could not stop playing it you could just do these these different you know uh, combinations throughout and i and i you know i i'm a little biased because i skated you know all through junior high and late in elementary and high school and stuff like that so it it was a big one for me It, it was a game that they kind of did those little tweaks and those refinements to to streamline and make it even better and uh you know i guess that's why it's it's a 98 <laughs> you you also dabbled in some skateboarding as an adult ryan i remember oh you mean a couple years ago <laughs> when i broke my wrist and shattered it <laughs> yep <laughs> oh man that's exactly Oops. what i was thinking of yeah quick Oof. story uh day before halloween i i guess i'm the uh be, i get injuries right before holidays <laughs> but it was the day before Halloween. I go my drop my daughter off at a uh, Halloween party with her friend, and I'm like, "Oh, there's the old skate park I used to skate at right next door." So I go to the skate park. Actually, just build a skateboard right there because I've been wanting to do it for a while. I'm at there. I'm at the skate park for about two, two or three hours skating, and I had a whole group of kids. I was trying to teach how to do stuff, <laughs> and I broke my wrist. I completely oh. shattered it. I had to get surgery, two plates, thirteen screws, right in front of all of them. They looked so scared. I I fell, snapped my wrist in this big 12-foot bowl, stood up. My wrist looked like a Z. And I was like, well, oh, that's no. broken. I climbed out of the bowl. I said, all right, guys, I got to go to the hospital. Good luck. And they're like, oh, my God, you want to call an ambulance? I was like, no, I'm good. And I drove myself to the hospital and, and waited there forever to get in. But, yeah, so that that's why you don't skate when you're older, kids. 
That's like a real hold my beer moment. You're yeah. like, all yeah. right, children, let me teach you. Come yeah. on over. Let me show you. <laughs> there was immediately break your wrist. There was probably eight or ten kids all standing around, and they just their faces were white. They were just white uh. looking at me. So yeah, I got a lot of uh, physical ailments due to my inability to stop myself from living in my teenage years. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what a great pick! I love Tony Tony Hawk. Uh, so many Benihanas. I I just oh, remember yeah. doing Benihana after Benihana, getting those points. <laughs> yep. All right, let's 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 bring up something a little more modern, guys. <laughs> I'm going to bring up something that came out within the last couple of years. I want to bring up Risk of Rain two. Yes, nice. thank you, Paul. I, I I started to put this on my list, and then I was like, I'm going down this nostalgia road, and I didn't get <laughs> yeah. a chance to talk about it. So I'm so glad you brought this up. I had a feeling you might even have it as one of your top couple, but Risk of Rain two is my all time favorite roguelike game ever. Since this one's not quite as popular, if anyone doesn't know, Risk of Rain is basically where you pick a character, you start running around killing stuff, and you get power-ups. And you keep playing until you die or you beat the game. And as you complete certain challenges, you unlock new characters that have different abilities. And every run-through is different because you're getting different power-ups. And sometimes you really luck out and they synergize amazingly well together, and sometimes they don't. But Risk of Rain 1 was a 2D game. Yeah. And so bringing it into 3D and for the game to work as well as it did, I never played Risk of Rain 1, but I've watched a lot of footage. I can't help but think playing 2 is immensely more fun than the first. I love unlocking the new characters. I love that it's multiplayer. You can play with three other people. Um, over time, I've said this before, but it just keeps growing in my estimation. Like I get more and more nostalgic for it. For me, it's. I'm not a huge fan of roguelikes, but this one for me, I really, really loved. So I really wanted to bring that one up. Dude, this is why I get pumped for upcoming games like Hyperlight Breaker and like Endless Dungeon and some of these that I keep going like, guys, guys, you know, and then it's like because <laughs> I'm chasing that Risk of Rain 2 feeling. Yeah. And these games kind of remind me of that a little bit. So phenomenal pick paul and and, i mean dude if you've seen risk of rain one it don't look so good yeah (laughs) like risk of rain two is again this like massive leap forward from one game to the to the sequel yeah all right well we got time for one each josh what's the last one in Uh, your top five i'm just gonna actually do a a little quick fire uh since it's my very last one i'll just mention some ones that maybe we're not going to get to talk about um Diablo 2, that's probably up there in the ban list, but I, you know, I gotta mention Diablo 2, cause I know we all played the heck out of that game. Um, Kotor 2, again, old game, but you talk about a leap forward, uh, from an original game to a sequel. Um, Shadow of War over yep. Shadow of Mordor, which uh, is a phenomenal game, super fun. I do have Ocarina of Time on my list, because let's be honest, that game, again, was one of those revolutionary ones. Um, and then Battlefield 2, because Battlefield 2 to me is the best in the series. I know that 1942 and Vietnam, I th- I think they were both before Battlefield 2. They were. Yeah, Battlefield they 2 were. was like where it kind of went modern. I'm shaking and- my head because it was on my list. Oh, really? Okay. I was like, <laughs> but yeah. So for me, and then I have Divinity Original Sin 2 also, but people are tired of hearing me you know praise that game so. rave about it oh yeah. i never i didn't know you played that game ever oh well yeah <laughs> did you know he also plays rocket league oh <laughs> really is he competitive on it or is it <laughs> i hate you guys <laughs> uh so ryan you said that we already mentioned the last one which one is it is it battlefield vietnam uh battlefield 2 was oh, the one battlefield that, 2. yeah i love i oh, gosh i played so much of that game Let's go, guys. Let's, uh, yeah. let's just jump back in. That we'll was, find a server somewhere. Dude, I'm in. I'm in for sure, especially <laughs> with my new my new computer. Oh, dude, helic- I'm I'm the world's best helicopter pilot in Battlefield Two, man. I'm, if you give me a good gunner, oh, baby. In, in two or four, I was I, I'd ha- I'd have to use controller, but I was amazing. I remember I I uh uh my my bro or uh, my father in law has he loves drones. He got a bunch of drones in in you know just from naturally playing Battlefield. I could fly the drone like you would not believe. <laughs> yeah. So it was great. But I guess for my pick, um I got the same thing, kind of some on- honorable mentions. Um I got a uh, roller coaster tycoon two. <laughs> Which I think was made by one guy. I think one guy programmed. No that way! I didn't game. know that. Yeah. Oh wow! I'm pretty sure. I just I don't know. I'm sure everybody would drown drown their patrons in the in the lakes. But uh, <laughs> Age of Empires two. Um, that's a that's a phenomenal game. Yeah, that I've one never played. 
yeah, I forgot the code. You could type in whatever code and you can get a bunch of vipers that shot rocks driving around. Oh. I think that was in Age of Empires <laughs> yeah. too. Um Halo two, Uncharted, yep. you know, you said Diablo. Um Bioshock two was, was yep. pretty good. Uh and then my pick is gonna be Last of Us Two. Something oh, something more okay. recent. So I, I thoroughly enjoyed the playthrough. Um that's just my type of, I don't know why I'm so obsessed with post apocalyptic worlds just seeing things frozen in time it, it it something hits with me there and so I love I just I'll spend the vast majority of the time of my playthrough not even on the missions just exploring looking around I'll zoom in see what dumb magazines are on the counters in these you know rooms and stuff I I for whatever reason those games hit with me but this one you know, you get to play between, you know, Ellie and Abby or whatever, and, and uh, you get to go through the the long series and the stories between the two and how they kind of mesh together uh, from the first one. So, yeah, no, that, that's that's going to be that's going to be my last one. Nice. Uh, bad news for Battlefield 2. It is averaging 8.2 players concurrently over the last 30 days. It's about to be 10. 10.2. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> the, the peak over the last 24 hours was 15 people, so it's going to be oh, a smaller match. man. <laughs> you might have better luck in Battlefield 4. <laughs> oh. I'll still play some Battlefield 4. I would actually I would play too. Battlefield 4. I so, remember yeah. waking up to that stupid, uh, the the crazy music at like 3 in the morning because I'd, I'd fallen asleep. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, with my last pick for best sequel, I'm going to go with Beatles Rock Band. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, I was like, what? <laughs> pick oh. a good game, Paul. I did own it. Great game, <laughs> just for the record. But moving on, I am going to pick Batman Arkham City. Yes. Ooh, that was on Also mine. on my long list, but yeah. I have brought this game up several times over the last three years, but it's for a reason. I never hear anyone talk about the Batman Arkham series anymore, and I don't know why. It should be right up there with all the other all-time great trilogies. Why we all talk about Witcher 3 all the time and no one ever breathes the word of Arkham, I don't know why. But the first entry, Arkham Asylum, was fantastic. I absolutely loved every minute of that game, but for the most part, it was linear, and it was just in the Asylum. It focused a little bit more on stealth, but then you, over time, you learned new abilities, and you could reach other areas of the Asylum, and it was great. But then Arkham City was basically GTA Batman. Like, it opened up the entire city yep. to you. There was so much you could do. There were tons of villains in the world. There were even... I had to look it up because I was curious. Remember how they had all the Riddler challenges? Oh. 440 in the oh open my world. Goodness. My, I I'm, mean, there was so much stuff you could do in this game. I still recommend it to people if they haven't played it. It's not that old. It still plays really well. It, it plays better than Gotham Knights. Yeah. So and it looks beautiful. I, it, it does. Yeah. yeah, it still looks and plays great. And you still get Mark Hamill. As the Joker, there's no reason not to try playing it. Uh, I also do have a quote for this as well. Game Informer gave it a perfect 10 out of 10. They called it the best licensed video game ever made. They said that it surpassed every standard set by Arkham Asylum in every way. Uh, so yeah, I think it's just the perfect way to build a game. Start slow and small, build the characters in the story, and then let it open up into this giant world where now you can play with all the toys and uh, what a fantastic game. I mean, Arkham Knight is also still really good. But for me, Arkham City is the one that I think about the most. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Uh, to being able to to just... You're driving in that Batmobile. And if you see a bunch of guys, you can just switch into, like, super mode. And just, you know, yeah. <laughs> go side to side and do all that stuff. And then mm -hmm. also when you're driving, you can just launch out. And you can use your grappling hook. Start to flying. Yeah, start flying. And then excel <laughs> yourself more. You can just, boom, hit another wall. You know, it's almost like, you know, with Spider-Man being able to swing. You can just go through the whole city that way. And, and yeah, I had I had so much fun. It was a little too tough for my son when he was wanting to play. But he was hooked on it. You know, some of the scary parts I'd keep him away from. But uh, <laughs> but going through there, it was it was there was nothing like it. And... And like I said, it's it's a beautiful game, and I yeah I'm the same way. I would definitely recommend it to anyone, and it was uh, it was a quality sequel. I would I would still I would still load it up right now and have no problems playing it. I feel like a lot of games have tried to capture parts yeah. of that of that series or or that game in particular, and they've just failed miserably. 
you know, and we get excited. Like Gotham Knights, we got excited about. We were like, dude, is this going to be like the spiritual successor? And then it wasn't, you know. <laughs> it's worse than it's Arkham like, Knight in a lot of ways. Yeah, you know, and so it's just, it's one of those, like, again, a lot of people have tried to capture moments or the combat system or something, and nobody's been able to nail it since then. Well, it's just a different philosophy about making money on games, right? It's a little bit more push it out early, let people buy the game, we'll fix it later, we'll fix it to the bare minimum that it's passable, as opposed to the old model, which was release finished games, and that will increase our brand awareness and brand loyalty and people will buy the next game. And so I think that's why we might we might be in like a little bit of a dip right now, even though it's such a great year for games. And I'm going to have some very strong things to say about Tears of the Kingdom when we deep dive that. In some ways, you know, I think we are seeing some very creative games, but on the whole, it just feels like people aren't really trying anymore. They're, they're just trying to make something barely good enough to sell. Yeah. Whereas 10 years ago, you saw more swinging for the fences and actually getting those home runs. So yeah, I, I, I had to bring up Arkham City. Great game. I love it. Uh, a couple other honorable mentions you guys didn't mention. Left 4 Dead 2, Monkey Island 2, Mega Man 2, Time Splitters 2. Oh yeah. X-Men Legends 2, Dead Rising 2. It's <laughs> a lot of twos. Uh, infamous Second Son, I also really loved, and Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance, technically a spinoff, but really it's a sequel to Baldur's Gate, so I thought I'd bring that up as well, and the uh, Tomb Raiders, which I think, did you mention Tomb Raider, Ryan? Uh, I did not, but those, those okay. are on there for yeah. me too. Fantastic Yeah, I'd games. put those in there. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, I think we're all done with this bonus round. Any closing thoughts or anything else before we close this one down? Oh, I, and for, for our younger listeners, I apologize, but y'all know I'm old anyway. So it's tough when you start getting down that nostalgia road to start like, Oh, this game was great. Yo, that game was great. You know, so, was this our most old and, man episode well, yet? Uh, okay. This has and, and to be, might be fair, to be fair, we said at the very beginning that, you know, games like God of War 2018, Ragnarok, Red Dead 2, a lot of these companies, Grand Theft Auto V, a lot of these companies figured out how to make a really, really, really good sequel. And these are much more modern, but like I said, you know, everybody knows our thoughts on those. So we kind of have to go a little bit deeper into the well if yeah. we're avoiding talking about some of those games too. I think the only one that was more old man than this was Josh when you and I recorded our whole episode about arcades. <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> back like yeah. like from 86 to 93 like what were our kids like and that that was probably our most old man moment yeah speaking <laughs> of i am surprised i did not hear a street fighter 2 i again <laughs> that kind of ranks up there with people <laughs> sick of me talking Come. about that game too if it gets brought up every third episode i think josh and i were like we we just gotta yeah. bring up something different <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much to everyone out there for listening. Thank you to all our Patreon supporters. Once again, if you want to go check out Patreon support, you can do so over at MultiplayerSquad.com to see how you can support our show while getting bonus episodes. We hope that you'll join us again in the future. We do have episodes every Monday, Thursday, and Saturday. Make sure to hit the follow button to stay up to date. And until next time, happy gaming. Is this a standoff, Ryan? <laughs> is this a, is this I, was, a... <laughs> I was waiting and then I froze. <laughs> I'm like, I can just run the music right after this. That's cool. Right. It's, it's fine. I don't care. <laughs> All right. See you, everybody. <laughs> see ya.